Greetings, fellow Rona Geeks. This is Alex Austin with Rona Geek Official Podcast. Just wanted to apologize for episode 130 and 131. You might hear a little bit of a squeal happening in the background. That is definitely my fault as my mic was producing that, and I have isolated the problem and will never use that microphone again. So uh, just apologies. Uh, it, it's very slight. It's in the background. Uh, hopefully you're able to make it through the episode. But otherwise, we apologize for the inconvenience. Thank you so much for listening. This is it. This is this is how this works. Okay, we we have to we have to mention at the top of this episode. uh, This is uh, I guess we'll do a quick intro. This is Alex Austin with Runner Geek Official Podcast, episode one thirty. With us on the recording today, we have Plebeian IT Adam, just Rob, and just Rob. And this is pretty exciting. We are using a new tool set today. Uh, Went back and forth about whether we should announce which one it is. It's ZenCaster. We're just going to try it out and see how it goes because we're doing some remote recordings and uh, and hopefully it's a tool that we can use long into the future. But uh, for times when it is convenient for us to record remotely, this is going to be the tool that that we're going to use from now on versus what we were doing before, which doesn't seem to be as good as this. So we're going to wait and see how it turns out. And if it turns out well, great. If not, hey, your loss, I guess. I don't know. So... (laughs) Anyway, we can go that, back that, to our shittier way. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the big announcement. But uh, our it is the way. way. Was, yeah, our shittier way was working pretty well for a while there. So I I, I was digging. Uh, so obviously, uh, the world being what it is, sometimes it's just easier to record remotely nowadays. So anyway, uh, we we can see each other except for um, who is this ragdoll underscore voip god? Who is this? Oh I, I don't god. see a video. Yeah, well, I don't actually feel the need to inflict pain on you, you guys, like you inflict pain on me when I have to see your fucking faces oh online. My God. We're gonna get you like a mask or something. Or like, uh, is, is there like, um, you know how on like Snapchat you can do like the little video overlays? Is there something like that? No, I'll no, just we're... go get. I'll get me one of those VTube uh, girl overlays. Yes. And then oh. there you go. It would actually. I be was great thinking if... more of a Daft Punk like helmet. If nah. we record well, I mean, the video cool for this, that, but... and that was your character, Rob, that would actually be really good. That would actually be really good if you were hey. like a V-girl. Because <laughs> <laughs> then it's just me and Adam talking to a V-girl. This is not a hard voice. sell for you to make, Alex. So like, <laughs> I love the idea. I want this. It's a terrible fucking idea. So, but then, uh, Hi, I'm a Japanese schoolgirl. My name oh, is 100%. Rob. Just Rob. I would not change my voice at all. It would just be this. <laughs> The re- and, and some guys would still be into it. So the reason why I mention it, the reason why I mention it is because uh, actually video content would be a useful thing for us to have because we are currently listed on Cephalopod bonus content. So we have some bonus content up on there. Our coming to the West episodes are currently listed on there as bonus gallery episodes on Cephalopod app. And also episode 109 is in there now. So remember the lost episode, guys? So we're raised by raised by lost episodes. Yeah, raised by spoilers. That's where it came from, and uh, it is now listed as a bonus episode for ten clicks tokens, or it's roughly equal to fifty U.S. pennies. Uh, you can get that right now on uh, on Cephalopod, which is pretty cool. So help us monetize, help us support the pod, and uh, it's not a recurring thing. You don't have to sign up for a recurring subscription. Uh, it's just a one-time dealio. You get some tokens, you spend the tokens, you move on with your life, and uh, and, and and everybody is happier. So anyway, cool thing going on there. But it would be nice if. We we got some video content so maybe something we could talk about after the pod uh, about maybe getting some more video content going with our mm, sexy faces and we got some ideas we got some ideas and rob's v-girl so we'll see how it goes <laughs> v-girl aspirations yeah we can do a whole episode but we're all just v-girls that'd be sweet oh my god <laughs> mine's just a balding bearded v-girl <laughs> i kind of 
V Madam. <laughs> oh God. So, so apparently anyway. we haven't finished our discussions about Captain No uh, Winter No Falcon Winter, and Winter, Winter Falcon and Captain Soldier. Yes. Yeah, but so. Black Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There you go. There you go. And today we're gonna finish it. Episode five and six. We got to talk about it. We did episode three and four a long, long time ago in episode one twenty eight. I think that was posted about three weeks ago at this point. So it is it is a good idea for us to finish. As usual, we are fashionably late, and and I'm okay with that. So episode five was the episode entitled Truth. And there, I don't know why I said it like that. And therefore, we're going to talk about uh, kind of what happened in here. This was the this was the penultimate episode. So it wasn't like, um, you know, in similar penultimate fashion to many other shows. There's a, there's a lot of sort of story beats that are tied up in here and, and, and things that are advanced from, from a character plot perspective. Uh, I really enjoyed the... Uh, Bucky Barnes showing up to New Orleans again and helping to fix the boat. I thought that was cool because I guess all guys from the 40s just know how to fix boats. So there you go. So that's that's what he did. <laughs> it was very exciting. And uh, that, that was kind of the high point for me was just that sort of slice of life stuff that they did uh, with him. And, I think and, the whole point was that they didn't know how to fix the boat and the sister had to show up and save them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but he was, but he was really good at like, you know, he didn't need a hammer like the claws on a hammer to rip a thing off a boat he could just rip it off with his hand so it showed us Ooh. that a couple times yeah it showed him like twisting things that were really hard to twist because he had the uh, the, uh, the uh, metal arm like it was pretty cool guys anyway i was into it i was into it so i was all about the the bucky barnes and that one um so anyway what did you guys think of the penultimate episode i think that fight was fucking rad yeah the three-way fight yeah so this is between uh falcon and winter soldier and u.s agent yeah, wow. Not U.S. agent yet. Not U.S. agent yet, yeah. Anyway, yeah. so that, yeah, that, was, that was the one in, a, in like a sort of a warehouse scenario, and it was, yeah, it was good. Yeah, and they're kind of fighting over the shield. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, I thought we got to see Falcon use his wings and his abilities more, like how he would fight a super-powered soldier now, like how he could utilize it to his advantage. And honestly, I think that's kind of half the reason why they made this show, is just to establish how... A non-superhuman man with with some technology could potentially take on a superhuman, and uh, they took it to the absolute limit with Sam. Like he did such a great job uh, acting that all out and all the fight scenes and the stunt doubles. You know, hats off to them. Like they, they they did absolutely awesome as well. I know Adam, you and I had spoken beforehand. This is where the Countess shows up, and I didn't really know who this character was. So maybe you can give a brief explanation of who exactly <laughs> Julia Louise Dreyfus is supposed. To be. Was this the episode that they took away um, Walker's title? Like they, he had to go to the council. And yeah, like, get the hell out of here. You're just he showed up. Your- he showed up, and they're like, "Listen, bitch, you gotta, you gotta give us that shield, bitch." And he's like, "Oh, I don't want to. That's that's not what I want to do. I'm I'm really sorry." And they're like, "You gotta do it, bitch." Anyway, that's exactly how it was acted out. So. <laughs> Makes sense, yeah. Bitch. <laughs> I don't know why they said that. <laughs> so anyway, who, who the hell is the Countess? They, honestly, there isn't much to the Countess. I know everyone's like, oh, it's an important character. She works for S.H.I.E.L.D., okay? She works for um, a gray area version of S.H.I.E.L.D. Kind of. Yeah, Depends on the iteration. Kind of, but let's, let's be real here. She works for the gray area version. In most of her so, iterations, she's no. a secret agent for S.H.I.E.L.D. In most of iterations, she's Madame Hydra. What? Yeah. So she's she's ex Hydra or current Hydra? No, Madame Hydra runs Hydra. <laughs> oh, okay. So like, if you Whoa, cut off I get this an wrong? arm, she grows another arm. 
Maybe I don't know. The, the, that's what I that's what I remember uh, my like from my uh, research, which makes sense to what then they because they just decanonized Agents of Shield, which had a Madam Hydra in it. Uh, but now the but they but they are doing apparently a soft relaunch of a season of Agents of Shield prior to Agents of Sword. Yeah, I'm curious. Is that going to be all new content, or is that going to be just reorganized? New, old new content, content, old character, old cast returning. Okay. So I, okay. So I think they're like just kind of like ignoring what happened before, but reestablishing the cast. Good. That's actually really good news because so they're Star Wars. Uh, they're, they're pulling a Star Wars. That's what they're doing. Uh, great. I'm all about that. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. So that's that's the way the world now. Um, yeah. So Adam, if you hadn't seen that little headline, basically they had moved. So there's a category on Disney Plus titled. It's like Marvel Legends, Marvel Comics Legends, and this is where they've been sort of slotting some of the older Marvel properties, and, and they had recently, for whatever reason, quietly moved Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. into that category, so which kind of decanonized it, so it's not uh, essentially part of the current MCU in that regard. However, I'm, I'm glad to hear, Rob, what you're saying is that they're actually going to pull some of it back in and be like, it oh, no, like, yeah. we still like these characters. Let's keep doing this, so yeah. uh, I quite like that. Uh, it sounds like um, we'll be seeing like some of the primaries, like um, obviously Coulson. Uh, we'll see Quake, uh, which is uh, Daisy Johnson. We'll see Fitzsimmons. So there's going to be, uh, it sounds like, quite a bit of return. So fingers crossed. Let's hope awesome. they do a good job. Awesome. Yeah, because there was even, we talked before when we were doing WandaVision, and you mentioned that the, um, what, what was the demon book? What was the oh the book? Uh, the Darkhold? Yeah. Uh, how it went to hell? And then yeah, because you mentioned that it had been it had been a, a story arc in Agents of Shield, so it surprised me to hear that they decanonized it based on the fact that they literally just showed the Darkhold at the end of WandaVision, and well, uh, and I thought, oh, this would be a good time for me to go back and watch Agents of Shield and what they did with it. Like I think uh, I think also the Darkhold showed up in Runaways briefly, and um, there's the other show that I didn't watch. Yet. Oh, and Runaways got decanonized. Yeah, Runaways also got decanonized, which is sad because now we don't have Klaus from the Umbrella Academy in uh, in Marvel anymore. <laughs> hmm, interesting. Um, but we do, uh, yeah, and we also lost Hellstrom. I think I don't know if Legion was decanonized though. I assume it was. I assume it was, which is sad because Legion I think was one of the best shows set in like the like comic universe for Marvel. Yeah, I've always heard that from fans. It's one of the best ones. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. If you have not seen it, you are you're missing out. Then I'm missing out. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, the great thing about video is that it doesn't just fucking like disappear. It doesn't evaporate, so you can always go back and watch it. I was just reading that now. I totally missed that, that they're decanonizing or at least not referencing, I think is the official statement, Agents of Sealed or Agent Carter, uh, Agent Carter Runaways yeah. and uh, what was the other one? Hellstrom? Um, maybe no. It was, what was the other? What the hell was the other one? Um, immort- not Immortals. Uh, in oh, um, the uh, same thing that Quake is. Uh, oh my, no. Inhuman. Nope. Inhumans. Oh Inhumans. yeah, Inhumans got decanonized. Yeah. 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 Wow, I I don't know how I missed this in all of the news. That's amazing. I mean, I'm kind of glad because fuck that. Uh, I never liked that show anyway, so it worked <laughs> out for me. Sweet deal. I mean, it's still it's still good. I liked it, but uh, there was some there was some pretty crazy shit in it. So I'm actually kind of happy if they just end up doing like a, a one season kind of like okay, so here's what you need to know about Agents of Shield. Move along. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Because then and it'll then, just be a part of this of the of the universe, and we can just be like, okay, we're everyone's on the same page now. Fuck off. Hopefully, they yeah. bring in uh, Ghost Rider. Uh yeah, and uh, same actor because he fucking killed it. 
Um, but they so probably won't. Did anyone else? Um, I think it was. Was it this? No, it was the next episode that they showed Walker's new shield. But uh, yeah, it was the next episode. This this episode ends basically. No, they showed um, it at the end of the credits. Oh, they did. Yeah, because yeah. Sam Sam Wilson he ends up getting the briefcase from the from the Wakandans at Bucky's request, which obviously right. has the new Captain America suit really... in it, and then. I really liked that part because the conversation between him and Bucky, I think, is what makes him Captain America. Captain America isn't about being the strongest. And I think that's kind of what they're discussing with this series. It's his human aspect. It's his capability of understand his leadership. His capable. It's more than that, but it's all yeah. It's his leadership. It's his capability of empathizing with other humans and so on and so forth. And the fact that he has that experience being the counselor for you know uh, vets makes him a very good candidate for Captain America. And he does the same thing with Bucky Barnes, where he's like, listen, you're a vet, so I know I need to give you tough love. Like, you're not supposed to be coddled. Here's the deal. This is, you're, I'm going to break through to you because you're you're lying to yourself. And that so, seems like something Captain, like Steve Rogers would have done, is just be, when he, he knows, he knows when he needs to be truthful, when he needs to be forceful. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was really, there was an interesting inference into his character there. They did a great job fleshing out the characters in episode five. Uh, unfortunately, all of that stops at episode six, because uh, episode six is the big one. This is the big battle, the big fight everybody's in. You got your your Emily Van Zant playing the the the, the Shadow Broker. Is that, was that her name? Oh, uh, was that who? Shadow Broker Mass Effect. Carter? Is that who plays plays Sharon Carter? Oh no, Shadow Brokers are the the hacker guys from real life. Anyway, uh, so but she's no, playing Shadow Brokers Broker. from Mass Effect. No, that's her. okay. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Tra- I think you're trying to talk about the um fa- the what it Flag Smashers. Yeah, and the Flag Smashers they show up as well as uh, what is his name Leaper the Leaper the French guy who's like uh, uh, I am the French guy a leap. What was his name? George Saint Pierre. Like he was a fighter, wasn't he? Was Jean Jean Saint Pierre, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so he shows up, and uh, everybody everybody's ready to fight. They're all ready to fight each other, and throw they're, they're throwing throwing fists, throwing hands. Anyway, uh, lots of action here. Some some interesting twists on. So the power broker Emily Emily Van Zant. So she shows up, and what's her actual name? What's her name in the show? Like I always forget. Sharon Carter. Sharon Carter. Thank you. And so she shows up, and uh, there was one really interesting scene with her because at this point. I think Sam Wilson and Bucky, they, they don't know, obviously, she's kind of playing the other side of things. And uh, and she shows up. And in one scene, she gets, she shoots the Leaper, but then she gets, actually, we should probably say spoilers here. Is Can you mark this thing spoilers, Adam? Is that possible on Zencaster? Why does it matter? You're posting it elsewhere. This is oh, just that's recording. True. That's true. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> spoilers here. So, and then I think that's a point where Sam runs into the room and, and I think is under the impression that you know she was defending herself in that situation but obviously she's kind of playing things to her end so i I thought like i heard a lot of criticism following this episode about her character and kind of where it's headed but like i actually kind of appreciated that she kind of played the line and is obviously not a good character but in the end might also not be necessarily a really bad character I think what people didn't like is she was fairly close to someone like Nick Fury and to the rest of the Avengers. There is no way, absolutely no fucking way that A, her aunt, or B, Steve Rogers would have let what happened to her happen to her. Um, so do, are you guys just going to ignore the possibility that the um, 
she's just working for Fury and she's infiltrating the U.S. government because they're actually the bad guys now. Uh, yeah, totally. Yep, I be. was going to ignore that. <laughs> could be. Yeah, honestly, and, and that's what I think because it's just interesting to see that she takes all of the skills that she had learned over the years and now she's using it to kind of, you know, create this persona for herself and sort of, you know, queen of the underworld situation. But uh, it, I just I think it's an interesting character and I disagree that uh, you know, it's it's a there's been a lot of criticism I've seen and heard uh, of her character and kind of the turns that the character has taken this season. But I think it robbed your point. It's not all as it seems. And I think there's a lot more they're going to do with her yet. Yeah, that's I, a good I point, think, Rob. I hadn't considered that. Yeah, because, I mean, ultimately, they've set up this character to be kind of like the good guy in almost every situation. And then all of a sudden, for no reason that's been explained to us, they're not. Uh, nah, I'm sorry. That's too easy. There's no way that they make that that's if that's the writing that's so 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 sad because like there's no substance there and the fact that there's this lacking of substance means that nothing happened yeah and it no, also means, I think... it also means they can't do anything new with the character following you know Steve Rogers not being around which is also lame which is why I don't think it's it's going that route yeah I think well, that's a really good point Rob I I was upset about that character but now that you say that if they end up choosing to take that route even if they didn't plan it right now if they take that route in the future i'll be happy well if they take any route that has like it has to be grounded though that's the problem because it was a very grounded character and it's not like she was helpless when she was out on her own <laughs> yeah, yeah clearly like sniping people like yeah <laughs> it was crazy <laughs> so anyway that's i think a, she was a really good point i i was mostly upset with by the honestly by the end of this episode i thought the falcon and the winter soldier was meh I kind of came to the conclusion of it was all right. The face or the face smashers, the flag smashers, the villain I felt was kind of empty. I get it. She's desperate, but the character felt kind of empty. And so did the rest, especially the rest of them. I don't even know who the fuck they are. And they're supposed to be like five super soldiers that are super important. I don't even know their goddamn names. That to me is bad writing. I get it. They're not the focus, but they had quite a few episodes. Actually, I saw an article online. I wish I could quote the article. I can't remember where it was, but I saw them comparing the Flag Smashers and um, what what did they call her at the beginning of it? Uh, or what, the character's name, the girl. Anyway, so she had played. Uh, yeah, yeah. And she had played uh, kind of a similar type. Morgan Morgenthau? Yeah, yeah that, yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah. And she, that same actress had played another character that was kind of, you know, sort of underutilized from a character development perspective in uh, Solo. Yeah, yeah, and Fisnest, yeah, and it was a really interesting comparison because it was like, yeah, here's twice now, you know, Marvel has developed a character, used this actress, and sort of underutilized it and underdeveloped it both times, which yeah, is it's really kind of interesting. Sad. It's kind of sad actually because from from what I mean, what little we see of her, I actually think she could do a phenomenal job as a stay-in character. Totally, but she, could. she could. Yeah, but, it, but yeah, you're right. In both situations, they're just like one and dunder, and I'm like, what the what the hell's going on here? As far as I can tell, that's what most people say online about her as an actress. They all look at her and go, she's got some good potential, but she seems to be getting done dirty. Yeah, like she's just getting, she's getting cast incorrectly, I think. Like, I, I mean, don't think like, she's don't getting get me wrong. cast don't... indirectly. I think she, the ones that she gets casted in don't get as much time as that actor well, deserves. But I, I think that that's part of casting, though. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying she can't do the role. I think she did a great job for, the, for what the role she had. But I'm saying that a lot of other people could have filled that role because it was not substantial and they could have used her somewhere else. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I I was upset at 
I I liked the message that this was all about. And I, I think my favorite storyline, which I really, really wish they explored more and really showed their balls more with was the discussion of a black Captain America. I thought that was a very interesting topic, especially, you know, right now ish. And I really wish they had the courage to go further with it, to discuss it more. Yeah, I think I think they're trying to be reserved because this is the first time they're, you know, in this series, they've introduced, uh, you know, a, a plot line into a Marvel property that's like explicitly reflective of, of this, you know, supercharged racial environment that we're currently in now. I think they were they were they were being responsible with it, getting the word out, but also kind of still playing it a little bit safe to see how audiences would respond. And I think it was overwhelmingly positive from what I saw, oh, yeah. uh, particularly the introduction of Sam Wilson as uh, Captain America and and sort of, I guess, uh, connotation of that. And, and his speech at the end of episode six was very good as well. Uh, I, I one of the didn't better monologues. like the speech. You didn't? I liked I it what great. it was. I liked what it was trying to say, and I felt it had a good message, and I really enjoyed the message. But it felt, um, you know what it felt like? It felt like someone wrote it in a, in a room and then said, we want to put this on screen. It didn't feel natural. It felt no, I, I, I felt that it was natural because he kind of, he was just kind of being real about the speech and the topics that he was touching. I, I, I felt like it was very realistic. I know that the actor, um, I know, I forget, uh, Anthony Mackie and the writers of the series, I know they worked together on the speech and I know it meant a lot to them. Um, so I know it was someone speaking from heart and so on and so forth. So I, the speech was good, but you know, there's a difference between like when a president or when a, an elected person or someone who's trying to get elected goes up and does a speech and they're, they're speaking from something that's clearly pre-written and you can tell whether or not it's good or bad is irrelevant because they're trying to get a message out. But when a character is just trying to be in the moment, talking to these people and trying to speak in the moment, if he feels like he's reading a script, that's not good. And I felt that's what occurred. It was a great speech well-written. I think it would have been great if he was sitting at a podium, but if they're trying to make a character act like he's just talking in the moment, he did a poor job. Or, yeah. yeah I don't reason. know. I, I, I thought it was very... So, one line reads, um, so he's talking to the senator after after the battle. Um, so, senator says, uh, they're, they're referring to the decisions that, that he has to make now as Captain America. Senator says, you just don't understand. He says, I'm a black man carrying the stars and stripes. What don't I understand? Every time I pick up this thing, uh, there are millions of people out there who are going to hate me for it. Even now um, here, I feel it. And, and, and I honestly, I, I was, I was kind of taken back by that. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is, this is the, you know, the sort of, uh, and then it goes further into the judgment and everything, but I'm like, that's, uh, I mean, yeah, that's, that's how the world works right now. Anyway. Oh, Rob raising his hand. Okay, I tried to I was, slap it away. Like, I couldn't. Uh, oh my god! I was just like, I'm like, I wonder if he's gonna say anything if I click this. I was like, okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say, um, I think maybe you may have misunderstood a little bit of what Adam said because Adam was saying uh, that he thought that the speech was actually very good, but he thought that the execution of the speech, the way that it was delivered, uh, did not come off as natural. Rob, I have to balance this out. You are absolutely right. You got it. Thank you very much. But because I have to balance things out with you, fuck you. So, 
<laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, yeah, good good end of the series. Uh, they, they haven't said if they're ever going to do any more of, of this particular series. I was really, 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 really impressed overall. I think the number one thing for me was just how well these guys play off each other. Uh, both Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackey, I mean, they were freaking brilliant together all throughout the series. Absolutely loved every interaction that they had with one another. Uh, it's going to be hard for, for the MCU to find another duo quite like that, I think. It was uh, so hard to believe those it was hard to believe those two as uh, like frenemies because in the start you were supposed, they were supposed to not like each other at right, the beginning of right. the series and then become mm-hmm. friends by the end. The problem is, is you can very clearly tell that the <laughs> actors are really good friends. This yeah. is like putting Rob and I in a, in a role and saying, you two need to act like you hate each other. <laughs> it's like, listen, we make fun of each other. We call each other names, but it's hard to hide the fact that we enjoy each other's company. And yeah. when we're, when you're acting like that, it's like they're saying words that says I hate you, but they're not – they can't act like it, and it, it's rough. So when they got to a friendship at the end, I really enjoyed that because it felt more true because the actors are probably like that in reality. Or at least that's the feeling we get, yeah. Oh, sure. no. They, yeah. I mean, in the interviews anyway, they seem like they're making fun of Tom Holland all the time, talking about his juice boxes and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so funny, man. It's so is funny. They're always like, he's so annoying. What's with the juice boxes? He's always got juice boxes. He never has juice boxes. So anyway, uh, great show, good ending. And uh, I guess that'll tie it up for Captain Falcon Winter Soldier. So uh, hold on. I got to ask a question. On a scale of 1 to 10, how do you rate the whole series as a show? Seven. Well, Rob's got a seven. I'd probably go an eight. I, I'm with Rob on this one. It's a seven for me. It's a seven. So overall, we're yeah. looking at like a 7.3, 7.4. Like, like the thing is like, this was a fantastic like uh, iteration of what would be a popcorn flick, but in like a TV show format. So like, to me, it was, it was it wasn't bad. It, it was, it had a lot of fun moments. I enjoyed it. I had some laughs, but I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, this is like, pushing the limits of anything it just felt like action tv yeah Say if and it I, was a, a, a trilogy of movies i would have liked it a lot less i think i, I don't know just it, i can tell well, why they did it as a series i guess yeah no i think that it was doing it as a series was correct I, i'm not saying that i'm just reflecting on the fact that it felt like it was um pandering is not the right word um there was a lot of really good moments in the show for sure but like the show as a whole didn't wow me but i'd watch it again i was also slightly upset at zemo because they brought in zemo and you know there's this uh i forget exactly the terminology for it rob might know it but there's the idea of if what is happening on screen if in the story it has no purpose don't put it in you're talking about the checkoff gun is that what it, is that, is that what yeah, it's called? Yeah, the one where like if you see a gun on a, in like a bar, you're gonna see the gun be shot at some point in the movie. Well, that's the payoff one. So there's the yeah, exactly. There's the payoff one. Yes, I think yeah. that's that's what we're talking about. Yes, yeah. and I felt that Zemo, we didn't quite get the payoff. We got character development I, in the. I think I, it's I. I think that's coming. I think it's coming in another movie or show. Because so you think it's more of a. Because yeah. they've even openly said that WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier are only priming movies that they're going to be playing into. But what Falcon well, Winter Soldier may actually get another season, unlike they did say that WandaVision they said isn't going to, but no, uh, the yeah. other one will. But I just I still felt like that still leaves this series with something that I felt was unfulfilled. Sure. Yeah. No. Of course, because it isn't. <laughs> okay, so I'm not the only one. I'm not insane that I felt that the no. whole Zemo plot is left just dangling. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the whole thing was just because uh, his who was it his pilot or his butler ended up killing like a bunch of the flag smashers toward the end. Yeah. I thought that was maybe the only purpose. 
<laughs> Once they got down to it, I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's it. Uh, I, I just view that as we know what Zemo is, we know what he's about, and yeah. he's willing to go to the lengths he needs. Even if he's in prison, he's clearly not useless. Well, there's and that's no kind of what this is stating. There's no glue gun yet either, so, I mean, there has to be more Zemo so we can get the glue gun. I mean, yeah. The glue gun was the friendship that held everyone together. <laughs> oh, my God. Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, I feel like uh, that just fulfilled the whole thing. I think we're done here, guys. I, yeah, I think so. Not been a better review of that show. That's it. <laughs> that's that's all we can talk about because anything else will just belittle the rest of our podcast. So, thanks, guys, for listening. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to us on Cephalopod. KK, thanks. Bye. <laughs>
I think what it comes down to, and we'll figure this all out by the time we're done this discussion and I'll kind of explain where this is going <laughs> as far as I can tell, but I think you'll figure it out as, as well. So I wanted to, I'm going to send you guys um, a link. I'm going to send it to you on Discord. We can, unfortunately, people online uh, who are listening to us, you won't be able to see what we're seeing, but you can just go on new sites. They're there. Okay. You'll find them. Uh, we're looking at... This is the cost of the free games from the Epic Store. So the games that Epic Store has given out for free. So they paid a certain amount of money to these companies to be able to just give out these games for free on their store. So not all, I don't know if Rob knows all the games off the top of his head, but I'm hopefully he's looking at it. You guys are starting to look at it now. Am I supposed uh, to see something? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so that was strange. So let's talk about some of the games here. Um, Let's talk about sure Super Meat Boy. Okay, fair oh, enough. They paid game. they paid Classic. fifty thousand. Okay, and according to their calculations, that's just the money hat for the free giveaway, or that's what they paid to Team Meat to just get the game to be able to give it to away for free. Okay, that's what it cost them to put the game for free. Um, it brought them in ninety seven thousand new accounts, which meant that. Uh, what they call the uh, Epic's, um, uh, what do they count? Uh, basically, how much it costs to bring in per account. So how how right. how much the value returnal they got. Cost cost and per acquisition. Po- co- cost per acquisition. There you go. And it was basically put them at 0. 0.52 cents on that one. <laughs> cool, cool. That's They're how like many people. Cents. Fifty-two cents. Fifty-two cents. That's how many people wow. joined them. It, it, it cost them fifty-two cents per person per account wow. that they added. Now let's take a look at it's another one. Brilliant. <laughs> it's such good business, it's absurd. Like, oh my the God. most expensive one that they brought on, that they paid for, was, I don't know which one, it's just as ba- Batman Arkham. I don't know which one that was for. It was Arkham City. Two. Was it Arkham City? I think so. So they paid a million, $1.5 million. That's nothing. That To them, it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that one still cost them two point forty four two dollars and forty four cents per account. So that one sucked for them. Yeah, that's a bad ROI. That's a bad like, ROI when compared to their earlier ROI. Yeah, but I mean they're they're looking for an average, right? And they want to they want to yeah. they want to tweak that average, and I'm, I'm sure they have a range they want to stay within. We don't want to go go above a buck seventy five, and we'd like to be below you know fifty cents, which is where Meat Boy was. So yeah. Um, so in total, out of all the games they spent, it was. 11 million, 11.6 million dollars for all those free games so far that they've put out. Um, and just in two, sorry, that's just 2018 and 19. Yeah, that's just peanuts to them, man. That's crazy. Well, yeah, it's peanuts when you consider the next piece of data. Um, they paid 500 million a year just to pay for PC exclusivities deals. What? Yes. 500 million compared to. I don't understand. Help, help me, help me understand that. Where, what were they paying for exactly? Uh, games like, um, uh, oh my God, uh, Borderlands Three. They got okay. exclusive for I think six months. So oh, that was a year. Was for it? Xbox and PC. I don't know. I think it was just six months. It could have been a year. Um, but they we're, paid we're, to have exclusive. About Epic, right? Yeah, yeah. We're talking about yeah, Epic. Yeah, Store, yeah. Okay. So I was like, uh, yeah, yeah. It was a year. I'm pretty sure. Was it a full year? Wow. Uh, so I, they I paid. Could have sworn. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I I, I don't remember anymore. 
Uh, no, no, for six months. Uh, Epic oh, paid okay. um, 150 million just to Gearbox to have it exclusive for six months. Nice. But here's the deal: they made that money back on their sales in two weeks. Makes sense. So they made money on it. Um, as Fucking for all the games, man. <laughs> oh, I know it's crazy. Um, so they also did a. Uh, but let's get put that into another sense of understanding. Fortnite, just in the first two years of Fortnite being out, made them nine billion dollars. Nine billion with a B. That's insane. Yeah. Oh I, my uh, god. I want to put this also in context. This is a whole lot of context here, okay? Do you guess how much Disney paid for all of Star Wars and all of Lucasfilm? Was it like mm-hmm. six billion or something? No. Nope. Less. Four? Four billion. Oh. About four billion. Oh my god. Yeah, just over, wasn't it? Or was it just Yeah, under? something like that. It was somewhere in that realm. I don't know exactly. But yeah, they paid $4 billion. So that puts it into idea of how much, how big of a cash cow. For, as far as I can tell from all the numbers that they're throwing out, Fortnite is the only thing keeping Epic alive right now. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. That could definitely happen. Um, I, well, I, don't think I mean, any... yeah. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, aside from like, you know, the whole fact that they have the unreal engine and like all the other shit oh, they do yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, technology you know, stuff is probably making yeah it <laughs> i mean like but they don't even have like their store here's the deal their store so they had documentation that showed how good the epic store was going to do like they clearly showed that they you know, like every company they thought mm-hmm. oh come on we know this right. yeah. um they were basically they had three different plans for the epic store one was an optimistic view that if Steam didn't retaliate, which is to say, if Steam slash Valve didn't do uh, didn't do exclusives, didn't like yeah. you know react to it, is what the term was. Which they, they were didn't. hoping, which they, they did. Did they? They did not. They did not. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Valve was like, "All right, welcome to the welcome to the game. Finally, we have a competitor." And then just, yeah, but we're still Valve. <laughs> I know. I know. So here's the here's the best part: is these documentation talks about if Valve were to not counteract, which is what we have now, they were hoping for slash expecting a market um, value. So like they were expecting to have about 50% of the market, 50, which, 30, 35 to 50% of the market. Which shows how out of touch with the reality they are. Yes. Here's the deal. If, however, Valve did um, react, they were expecting closer to 35% of the market, right. which they're still not even at. No. If, however... That's a, that's a very positive outlook. Yeah, they basically said in their statement that if they were at somewhere... In, the, they, in order for them to make money on the Epic Store, in order for it to be worth it for them... They lied they to investors. Needed, <laughs> yeah, basically. They needed at least, I think it was like 9%, 9% market value. And if they don't hit that, then they're going to wind Epic Store down. As far Not as everyone of can market tell... market share, you mean? Like yeah. for, for digital PC? Okay. Yeah, yeah, for like purchasing, like you know, how how many people buy from Epic Store versus Steam? Basically. Even that's really positive. And and why even is that's just, really positive. And why why aren't they even talking about like you know like CDKeys.com or anything like that? Like, there's other major retailers online that are selling this shit that like what like they don't know. Like, I think they're just not the main competitors. They they don't view them as Epic. Clearly had a big dick policy, and they thought they could go against Steam. Basically, yeah, it looks like they had a plan for failure, and it looks like they're in the worst timeline for epic store actually didn't humble just start suing uh valve over steam being like oh, it's possible having like a monopoly essentially i have no idea the problem is you can't 
sue them for having them. They're the yeah. They're like okay, fine. How, like go compete against us. Like yeah, uh, that's kind of a, it's like a weird space because it's like Steam is so popular because they know exactly what everyone wants and they give it to them. And then there's all of these new players coming in and they're complaining like, hey, Steve, Steam is such a monopoly. It's like. Yeah, sure. People's libraries are pretty sizable now, but you have to remember that this is a growing industry. You have a lot of opportunity to steal that th- those people because everyone will realize really quickly if there's a better platform. First off, their Steam games aren't going away anytime soon, and then even if Steam shut down somehow because a competitor wiped them out, people aren't going to care because by the time that happens, most of their games on Steam will be so old they'll forget that they even have them. Yeah, it's a lot of these people that show up and they're like, "Oh, we want to be like Steam and compete with Steam, but we're not. We're not good. We're not providing good platforms. Platforms that are stable. Platforms that do anything useful or above Steam." It's like, listen, you offer me the same thing Steam does, so why would I switch over? Yeah, you need to have something, you know, a raison d'être, a reason to be. You need to be better than Steam in order to pull me. So, does, does Epic have? So, like, I'm trying to think of like the different tool sets within Steam. You know, like, um, like, do they do like the full like friend integration where you can like hop in, hop out of games, like based on like just clicking on um, people in your friends list? Like, kind of, do... yeah, 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 they do on Epic, yeah. Yeah, it's, so, um, so, it's so pretty, they mirrored it's a lot solid. of the same. Features. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think it's yeah. like um, uh, the Epic Store is kind of like what uh, Discord is to Slack. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. But like, but the thing is, I think Discord does more than Slack now. So. Uh... <laughs> Uh, so yeah. maybe the other way around. <laughs> Epic is just screwing the pooch in all of that. And basically Fortnite and their engine is what's carrying them as far as we can tell. Yeah. Wow. So um, so they're, at first when we heard about this, we thought, wow, they could really go toe-to-toe with a company like Apple. And now that we're learning more, it's like, oh, well, they might not be yeah, well positioned It's not looking great. Well, yeah. the thing is, like, can they go toe-to-toe with Apple? I don't think so. Like, not really. Because, I mean, and, and Alex, you know this. Apple prints money, man. Like. Yeah. They they, sorry, not even just like printing money. They literally forge golden bars out of thin <laughs> fucking air. Listen, listen. They have they they have your balls clenched so tightly in their hand that that you you can feel it into eternity. No, they, they don't like even it. have to. You're they just like they have they so just... much money. They can they can uh, slowly lower the value of gold by putting out a patch that lowers the CPU rate of of gold. <laughs> the thing the thing is though thing is though like you gotta think of it in terms of how big is apple and i mean they're so big at this point that they don't have to have a grip on your balls they own the air around your balls so if you do anything <laughs> they will just shut off the air <laughs> that is true they own the iCloud with all my ball pictures i don't know like <laughs> they got everything it's like man. They i didn't even everything. take these i don't even take the- where did these come from <laughs> No, you know why? Because your phone comes Tim alive Cook. and takes pictures Tim for Cook, you. Like making a power play on me. <laughs> Here's a picture of balls. <laughs> so finally, uh, another little piece of just tidbit information here. Um, they they've had representatives from Microsoft regarding Xbox and Nintendo and documents from Nintendo as well, and for for certain values of reason more microsoft than nintendo and the reason part of that reason is they a representative the head of basically the xbox product stated that they in fact and this so it was something everyone kind of already knew but now we it's factually stated in court xbox consoles are absolutely sold at a loss yeah where they make their money 
is in the game sales mm-hmm. and the subscriptions. Makes sense. So the reason this is all coming out, now that we think about this, that is where Apple is aiming this lawsuit to go, is that um, the console of the iPhone, it is kind of like a PC console. Apple sells it, air quotes on a loss, bullshit. Um, and <laughs> then they they actually make their money on some of the apps and the app subscriptions, just like Xbox does. And that's their statement. So that if we reduce this amount of money, we we can't, it's, it's unreasonable. We can't do that. It's a massive take though. I mean, it's 30, 30%, right? Of, you know, in-app yes. purchases and subscriptions that they take. Like it's, uh, it's wild <laughs> how much they take. Well, their statement, so uh, as far as we can tell, Apple's statement is taking the angle that if Epic wins this argument, that not just Apple will be affected by the, by this, all consoles will, all of them. Because then you can't expect PlayStation to run by a different rule, right? So Sony and their PlayStation is going to lose money on their subscriptions because likely they're in the same bin that Xbox is where they're selling at a loss for their games and their subscriptions. So basically, Apple's going. You sue us, you're fucking over the entire industry. Yeah, I, um, I don't know. That, I don't know that they would be, um, but uh, I, I think I think this is just Apple. Apple's throwing everything they have at you know defending their ecosystem and their economy and their way of life because it's so, well, that's that's where the extra point comes in. Is so part of the discussion with their Microsoft representative is there was emails that came out between Phil Spencer and uh, Tim Sweeney where Xbox made it clear that they're expecting to reduce their store, you know, that uh, the the overhead price, the 30%. They have the same 30%, where they were going to reduce that to 12% in 2021. Here's the deal. Yeah, so here's the deal. There was a document that said that, that came out in the court. It was dated a long time ago, or, you know, a year or two ago. And what happened was, it has happened for the Windows store. So the Windows on like Windows 10 and tablets. Yeah. They did, they successfully did that for the Windows. But the document also states they're going to do it for the Xbox Live stuff. It hasn't happened yet. But the fact is that the document says they were going to do it for Windows and they did it in their time frame. They're expecting later this year for Xbox to do it. That's, nice. I mean, that's brilliant. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, all of this stuff, all of it depends on people you know, creating and posting content for sale, whether it's expansions to existing games, whether it's fully downloadable games, whether it's like little cosmetic pieces or whatever the case may be, it, the the whole economy that they make money on thrives on people creating something, you know, just like Apple with, with you know, the app store, you know, we'd posted Cephalopod, right? Like they get 30% of purchases from from us as well. Like it's, uh, they, 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 they don't exist without us. You know what I mean? Like that, that's the whole idea. So it's, it's, it's a really a big threat to their way of life to even, you know, talk about 1% you know, being, you know, extra relegated back to, to, uh, uh, the platform owner or consumer. But the, uh, one other, one other little interesting point though, once you're done, Adam, I, I saw actually regarding this exact stuff you're talking about, the emails, uh, and this is just a sidebar, um, were you going to mention the uh, Breath of the Wild 2 and Metroid Prime 4 thing? No, no, I didn't bring, no. Yeah, this came from the emails as well. Apparently Microsoft had, uh, this came out of their emails. They were, they were certain that Breath of the Wild 2 for Nintendo Switch and Metroid Prime 4 for the Nintendo Switch were going to drop in 2020. Like, they were actively talking about these are the big titles from competitors for this year that they're expecting. <laughs> and then obviously, <laughs> neither of those games materialized. But uh, it's just kind of interesting that they were they were pretty certain in 2020 that uh, those were going to be the big uh, the killer apps for Nintendo for last year. 
I get in the feelings from these court documents. There's a lot of conversation, I think, between Microsoft and a lot of these American companies. And Nintendo is very disconnected as far as I can tell, because they were barely, whereas like Sony got brought in, uh, Microsoft got brought in, especially Microsoft. Microsoft was a big topic, but maybe you will see more from Sony and stuff on later days. But we, you get this sense that Microsoft talks more to these other groups, these other publishers, whereas the other ones are kind of removed, likely because they're in a, mostly in another content continent. Right. Yeah. Well, they're also very insular as well in the way they run their business. Uh, very, they're, they're a publicly traded company in Japan, but I, I think they're, they're, they run a very tight business. I, I, I don't know that there'd be a lot of leaks or ways to get information out of them. Well, one thing that did come out for Nintendo, I figure you'd enjoy this one, Alex. One thing, so they brought out a content license document. So this is what they have publishers sign if they want to basically put their stuff on, on Nintendo Switch. In this document, which is just horribly redacted, by the way, like uh, there's probably documents from secret military operations that are less redacted than this <laughs> thing, um, that involve the Illuminati. But one thing that wasn't redacted was a specific do- like section of it that prohibits any of their publishers and any of the employees and anyone they're tied to to have any relationship with any organized crime. Which is amazing. Including the Yakuza, which is probably a good idea. So uh, They had to the specify that. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> so I have to break my ties with the Yakuza to be able to do business with uh, with Nintendo. Well, exactly. You have to remove public images of that, at least. <laughs> <laughs> you, gotta, so you gotta scrub your Facebook, essentially. They're afraid of, like, a Kazuma <laughs> Kiryu character showing up and just beating ass in Nintendo headquarters <laughs> over some... Yeah, you gotta get rid of all South. your tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, it's very disrespectful to show up shirtless to a Nintendo meeting showing your uh, Yakuza tattoos. Don't do it. <laughs> Bad idea. Bad idea. That's 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 why the Virtual Boy failed. Anyway, that's uh it's a crazy story, guys. Um wow, I can't believe how far it's gone. Like <laughs> there's one piece of thing I want to talk man. about next. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, obviously Rob and I we knew Epic planned this war well ahead of before they shot the first fire. We we both know it because they had a commercial ready like the next day or something, right? Yeah. It went so far beyond what we expected, Rob. It turns out that Tim Sweeney was emailing Phil Spencer, the one of the heads of Xbox and Microsoft, that he basically knew he knew this war was coming. He's like, hey, he also knows that um, uh, Xbox, they recently made it um gaming online free you don't need to pay for an xbox live subscription to play games online anymore and he knew that was coming it just happened in april and this email was two years ago and he knew it was happening and he was commenting going hey you know we're gonna do this if you could tie this if you could announce that at around the same time uh this you know at the time it was um fortnite season 14 launch which was coincided with the time in which they they shot the first shot uh, across um, Apple's bow. And he actually suggested, if you do this, you will make bank because you can say, oh, you know all those people that can't go to, you can't play it on the iPhone anymore because Epic knew they were going to get kicked off the, I, the Apple store. Go to play it on Xbox. It's free to play online. And they knew about this and they were trying to organize it. Uh, obviously, Xbox couldn't get it on the same date. But there, were, there was clearly a relationship in trying to organize that. That's trying crazy. Trying to shit on Apple. Like, like how long it was in, in the works for. Yeah. So 
Well, I like mean, I said, I still... there's some juicy ass shit coming from here. That's just so entertaining to read and watch. Oh, that's wild. Does that kind of tie it up then for those topics? Yeah. I mean, unless so, anyone yeah. else has anything to add to this. No, we should probably start on the, uh, on no, the I... uh, what happens next stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just put it out there. I absolutely love that this kind of whole thing is uh, happening because they are totally fucking themselves. Uh, I think both companies. Um, I think they're going to take way too much like public image damage from this <laughs> that there's no way that either of them will recoup the damages caused by it. They're taking a lot of flack. Both okay, of them. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know if I agree with that, Rob, because Epic will probably take the damage and get a pirate victory, but Apple won't even notice this. <laughs> I, it, what if, what if Epic gets rolled into uh, Apple gaming, Apple's gaming platform after this? <laughs> They're like, look, be, we'll offer you one out. You work for us. That's it. Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I just Disney's gonna buy them both and make the whole thing completely <laughs> pointless. And then Nintendo shows up with their Yakuza and just wipes them all out. <laughs> yeah, led by AGA and Uma. <laughs> it's gonna be wild. Don't do it. So Don't I, go to a Nintendo meeting like that. <laughs> so not next episode, but the the episode after that, we'll probably get to more data because it's gonna be, I think, a three week trial, and we're done week one. So two more weeks. By the time we're we're on the ne- the episode two episodes away. We'll have all the data. We'll see how it all shakes up. I'm definitely imagining some sort of like Atticus Finch character, like doing the uh, like some sort of southern like uh, southern lawman attorney type character doing the litigation for Epic Games or something like that. Like that'd be amazing. <laughs> I think Phoenix oh. Wright should be uh, on loan from <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> that's, that's why the redaction was so voice. good. Anyway, that's yeah, that's all voice. I got to add. <laughs> <laughs> There great. was a hilarious thing where they were, Apple was trying to attack um, Epic because I guess if you go to Epic Store and you go to Epic's top 20 list, there's actually 25 games in that list. Oh. Fuck it. Like, they're criminals. Criminals, wow. I say. Wow. Wow. Um, Burn it all tra- down. Burn it all down. And they also tried to catch them because Epic makes it clear they don't want um, sexual sexualized content on their store. Oh, really? But, the people who use sex to advertise their iPods originally? Interesting. Okay, continue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so they're doing that, and they're like, oh, well, you have sexualized content. Like, no, we don't. That's not that's not in our usage. And like, oh, really? What about these games? Well, it turns out, no, you cannot get sexualized content on Epic Store, but you can get another purchasing platform, like another version, like another Steam-type platform that in there you can get the sexualized content. Oh. So it's kind of like, you know how in Steam you buy like the, the Star Wars games that EA makes and then it, it launches like a mini, you know, yeah. origin. It's yeah, kind of yeah. like that. Wait, and who's making this? Uh, Apple's making this? No, no, this is Epic. Epic's in Epic Store. You can buy another store that then uh, gets it has sexualized NSFW content. stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So that technically so s- Epic Store is not breaking their rules. So Steam is the only one to actually have the balls to just slap an NSFW tag on it and just call it a day. Yep. So that's why that's why Epic kept rejecting my game then. Uh, ass Blasters, Epic of the Ass, because it was just a picture of my ass on the cover. So that's, yeah, that's but why. Yeah, it should, be, should wow. be fine for Steam, though. You'll have to put a spoiler tag so it'll kind of fog out. But don't worry, so many people are going to uh, cursor over, and we all know you're just doing it to get people to look at your ass. So <laughs> <laughs> really, it's, That's all it's, the game is. I mean, it's just a picture of my ass. <laughs> so remember, you want to do the two-hit, right? So you got to release as early access, and then you wait a couple months, and then you actually release the game. So twice you'll appear on the store. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. It's, it's got Rob's Engine got it physics. down. It's got Unreal Engine physics. It's amazing. Cool. So, does, does that pretty <laughs> much tie it up for some it? might say. 
It's ragdoll. <laughs> oh, God. So is that pretty much tied up for episode 130, Adam? I, I keep so. thinking it is. We're, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's end episode 130. Uh, so this is Alex Austin signing off, and... IT Plubby and Adam. And Rob. Okay, we'll talk to you in episode 131.